Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Is this thing gone? I said shots Nick and Dawn. Him on the air radio every Sunday night, man. What up? Red Dragons. Shout out to the boy, Nick. I see you done. You about to witness the real talk, real talk. Put it in your ear. We reach it for the sky, but we put it in the air. Not a glass jar, but I tell it to you clear. Am I on the air? We rock. Here's your whip, man. Am I on the air? Here's this mic here for nothing. My demographic pull do box office numbers. Weekend reviews said we number one getters. Now y'all on here, we're number one getters. Uh, turn it on, Nick and Dawn. And I'm like, turn it up, what the fuck, eh? We air it out, wear it out, and we winning Him on the air, follow back, and we trending You can't tell me what I bet not be Don't give a FCK about the FCC I'm the head for the hellas, voice for the voices Him on the air, Sunday night, and I'm off this And good evening, everyone. I know you've missed us, but you can't get too far away. It is a new season of Am I on the Air with Nick and Don. A lot of stuff to cover. Only a couple of hours to get into it. Uh, I have one very paltry movie review. Unfortunately, I spent most of my few weeks uh, very sick. Sick as I've been in my whole life. But Don will have several movie reviews for you. Uh, and we will also be making an announcement about the future of of the show and some updates that will be coming. So let's kick it off. I'm Nick Gator, joined as always by DX Don Mega. Don Mega, Don Mega, Yes, very excited to be back. Season eight premiere here tonight, our first episode of 2014. Uh, we haven't been with you guys since you know Christmas and the New Year's, and we hope everybody's. Uh, holidays were great, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of news to catch up on, a lot of movie reviews on top of that to catch up on, I think we got, um, I know me and Nick will both review um, Grudge Match, um, and then on top of that, we will be reviewing Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, American Hustle, 47 Ronin, and Lone Survivor. So, a little big handful, uh, plus all the other news over the last several weeks, so jam-packed edition here tonight of Am I on the Air? Uh, that's right. So why don't we kick it off? We'll leave you guys in suspense. We do have, have sort of a big announcement that'll be coming up sort of at the end of the episode. So, uh, Don, just to kind of plan it out as we like to program on the air, uh, probably by 9.50, we should probably be done done and we can uh, discuss the future, if that sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So I saw Grudge Match on Christmas Day with a friend of mine. We went in the morning. It was the smallest theater in the, the movie theater. It was pretty hilarious. Not a few people in there. And if you've seen the trailer for Grudge Match, you basically know the story. Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, they were old rivals. They want to have one more fight. Kevin Hart plays the promoter. Alan Arkin plays basically the same character that Alan Arkin has played since Little Miss Sunshine, the inappropriate old man 
who's Sylvester Stallone's trainer. Actually, L.O. Cool J is in it. And there's a lot of Kim Basinger. They haven't shown a lot of Kim Basinger in the trailers or the TV spots. But she's in a, a lot of the movie, and she's a major character. So Sylvester Stallone retired before him and De Niro could have their third fight. He becomes this blue-collar steel worker. De Niro owns a bar, becomes a little more successful than him but he never had that opportunity to have that fight and you i don't want to spoil it for anyone who might want to illegally download it at some point or buy it on blu-ray but you sort of find out why there's animosity between the two of them beyond the fighting and kim basinger's involved with that and robert Niro ends up meeting a son he didn't know he had and that plays out a certain way and kevin hart is a promoter and they need money Stallone needs the money. De Niro has been dying for this for 30 years. And so they set up this fight. It becomes this viral sensation that they get into these altercations and people get really interested in it. They get made fun of. But at the end, they ended up having this big fight in the big arena in Pittsburgh where the where a rumble will be, sort of the biggest arena in Pittsburgh. <coughs> Excuse me. For my money, I was thoroughly happy with this movie it exceeded my expectations now my expectations were low but it exceeded them for sure it was a very cute comedy it's the same you know they had the age jokes that you would have expected it's it's sort of what you might have expected but it's done in a really entertaining way and it's sort of hard to compare it to something else because for example anchorman i had low expectations and they weren't met and i had low expectation for this and they were met but did i like this more than anchorman not really it's just one of those gray areas basically so i enjoyed it i thought this was uh better than fine i would say mostly because of my expectations if you go somewhere and you're expecting shit and you get something better than shit you're like wow that's better than fine it exceeded my expectations that's sort of where my you where my mindset is from here i was expecting pretty I mean, you know you stoked from this from the first trailer i was yeah but i was expecting it to be blah like i went in with low expectations i expected it to be pretty shitty and it was going to have all the same you know the sort of the jokes we saw in the trailer were going to be the funniest things in the movie which is definitely not true um but you know i i was going to see this movie no matter what it's one of those things i don't care how bad it's gonna be i'm gonna see this movie like paul blart mall cop 2 someone is gonna see that movie no matter how bad it is oh yeah so i went in with low expectations thinking this is probably gonna be really bad but i was pleasantly surprised so better than fine much better than fine however you want to put it i thoroughly enjoyed it i know it didn't do very well at the box office but it's okay it's one of those things they the marketing was probably wrong time of year it was put out was wrong and it happens so greg's match for me was better than fine and now that i'm better thankfully wolf of wall street american hustle probably lone survivor will be on my radar uh coming up so don i know you have a bunch of reviews to to get to 
Well, I mean, sticking with Grudge Match, uh, you know, I really enjoyed this movie as well. Um, I think we both liked all the same parts, and the one part I really had beef with, I know you uh, you picked up on it and what it was right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> there was only one kind of key moment in the film that I was like, okay, that's a little, little much for me. But outside of that, I really, really enjoyed this movie. And, you know, when you talk about expectations, uh, this was a movie that I went into with middle-of-the-ground expectations. I wasn't thrilled to see it, but I wanted to see it, and I didn't expect much out of it. And it actually overdid my expectations. Um, I really, really liked the chemistry between everybody. I liked the kind of the backstory of why the grudge match never happened. You know, 30 years in the making for this big grudge match. I liked how, you know, it kind of came together, and it was kind of a joke in the beginning just because of their battle when they were doing the video game stuff. Um <clears throat> Kim Basinger's involvement, um, Alan Arkin and um, <laughs> and uh, Kevin Hart really almost stole the show for me. Everything those two guys did in this movie was hilarious and and kind of outshined Stallone and De Niro in almost every scene they were in. So you know, I think adding them to it really kind of set the film on a different level for me because uh, everything Kevin Hart and this, did in this film killed me. Uh, and Alan Arkin just he's found his niche <laughs> doing stuff like this. I mean, he. Kind Kind of had a similar role in uh, the incredible Burt Wonderstone earlier in 2013, and he was awesome in that, kind of doing the same thing. And uh, this was just had a lot of good heart. Um, you know, the, the reasons that these guys come together and do this match uh, is really they don't want to, but they kind of have to just because of the, the economy and the different things that we're dealing with. And uh, I, like I said, I just had a fun, fun time with this with this movie, and I would definitely recommend uh, you to go out and see it. Uh, like Nick said, it. <laughs> did not do very well in the box office and that really does bum me out because this this movie definitely deserves more uh for sure and i i'm really going to stick to where they messed up was putting this out on christmas day there was just no need for that uh, there's so much going on right now with award season, and, and The Hobbit is doing so well, and Frozen is doing so well, and you got American Hustle, and you got Wolf of Wall Street, and you got The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and you got all these other movies just killing it right now, and then they just overcrowded, and a couple movies were going to bomb because of it, and this unfortunately was one of them. You know, when that top 10 was announced after Christmas weekend, uh, Grudge Match was actually number 11. It didn't even make the top 10. Uh, happily, though, the next week after Christmas, it did crack the top 10. It made it to number 10. <laughs> so it was nice to at least see it for one week get onto the uh, box office list. Um, this movie would have been much better suited to come out, like, in February. You know, I could see this being, like, a February movie. You kind of grab a weekend where there's nothing else really coming out. And this would have done a lot better. You know, they made it on a pretty small budget. It, I think they made this movie for, like, $30 million. So... It could maybe break even once the uh, worldwide grosses come into play and and DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. It'll come close because, I mean, it's made about 20, I think, so far right now. Um, but, yeah, it really bums me out when you watch a movie and you really enjoy it and it doesn't get the reception that you want it to get. Uh, and that, unfortunately, was what happened with Grudge Match because I know everybody that has seen it has really enjoyed it. So um, there was a lot of good moments for it. And I'll definitely buy this one when it comes out. So uh, Grudge Match for me, I gave four out of five stars. So four out of five for me. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Had a lot of good laughs, and I thought it had a really good heart to it. So, Yeah, I will, I will probably buy this on Blu-ray depending on what the extras are. But I'm very apt 
to buy comedies on Blu-ray, especially if they have good deleted scenes, gag reels, extras. And I feel like this movie could have some some of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to think so. I mean, you got to think there's some pretty funny moments. Yeah. And especially, like, I know we didn't even talk about it when we were discussing it, but the kind of almost after credit scene with Kevin Hart. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed and two the, former, the after uh, credit scene stars. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, two two huge boxing stars that are forever linked. Exactly. Um, had a gr- a great cameo. I popped, um, I popped sort of credit. Yeah, that was one of the better parts of the movie. <laughs> and I like what what you know he had no interest until he offered one thing. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. I, I thought that was that was positively awesome. I really really enjoyed that. I like when movies will reference other movies, like you know, because it's like they try to always treat like each movie is in its own universe, but it, it kind of just adds a little bit more realism. I feel to a film when they actually reference an actual movie for For example, when I am legend references, uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> exactly. For example, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Or TV shows reference like the modern family episode. That's like the Godfather yeah. when Phil becomes the Godfather, but then it's like, it is like the Godfather. That's one of my favorite Modern Family episodes. Yeah, that episode was great. Alrighty, so there's Grudge Match, four out of five. Going to move on to the next one. This is Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Um, Almost did not even go see this movie because I, first and foremost, am not a fan of the Paranormal Activity films. There's been four of them, and they've all sucked. (laughs) So uh, if you don't believe me, they're all available to stream on Netflix, Go watch them for yourself. But I was one that just did not buy into the hype of Paranormal Activity like a lot of people did after that first film. I remember when the first film came out, how many people came to work and said, like, oh, my God, this movie is so scary. It's so scary. Grown-ass men telling me they were fucking frightened out of this film. And I was like, really? So I was super stoked to go see it. And then I saw Paranormal Activity, the original movie, and I laughed. It was such a fucking joke. I didn't think it was scary at all. It was just like a movie like that where it's just kind of like you hear sounds in the house and the chandelier shaking and the bookcase tips over and pictures fall off the wall. It, it just, there was nothing to it to me, you know? So I just didn't care. And the two, three and four didn't care either. So when this one came out and this one is, is a spinoff, that's why it's called the marked ones. Uh, Paranormal activity five is actually going to come out around uh, Halloween time. So they're going back to the original kind of setup. Uh, but the marked ones was a spinoff. And with this one, it really didn't stick to the whole house situation. It was kind of like in the same universe, but it was, uh, this kid who ends up getting like, um, almost like a voodoo kind of spell on him where things start happening and all this kind of creepy, scary shit starts happening, but it was, it took place like out in the neighborhood and at different homes and, you know, at school and like all kinds of shit. So like, seeing the trailer for this one, I was like, okay, I kind of like where they're going with this. Um, so I was more intrigued to see this one just because it wasn't the typical, like, Oh, this is just what happens in my house every night. Um, and I actually enjoyed this. I thought this was definitely by far the best of the bunch. Um, and that's not saying much cause it's not like I love this movie, but I actually enjoyed it. Or it's something I can't say I enjoyed any of the other four paranormal activity films. Um, you know, the, the marked ones that has some pretty cool little scares, uh, and actually, in the end, it does a pretty big twist that kind of loops it around um, and kind of tries to set 
set up some stuff that links it to the original franchise, which I thought was pretty unique the way that they did it. So, um, like I said, this kid basically gets a spell put on him uh, by this lady. The lady ends up dying, um, and then you know all this creepy kind of crazy shit starts happening to this kid, and uh, and you see what happens following it. So. Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, uh, I gave three out of five stars. I thought it was good. Um, you know, probably, you know, maybe watch it again. I don't think I'd buy it, but um, I thought it was a pretty decent little horror film. Uh, and it, you know, did pretty well in the box office as well. It made $18 million opening weekend, and they made it on less than a $5 million budget. So uh, that's why these movies keep getting made, because <laughs> they keep doing 15 to $20 million openings, and they make them for a couple mil. So it's pretty smart, you know, it's it's pretty cheap for them to do these found footage type movies. But um, I would personally say Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, best of the bunch, uh, three out of five stars for me on that one. Moving on to our next film, it's going to be American Hustle. Finally caught up with American Hustle. Uh, of course, by now, you should know uh, the deal with this one. Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, uh, Jeremy Renner, and Jennifer Lawrence are your key cast members. And um, this is going to be the unpopular opinion here, but I did not care for this movie very much. And um, and it really bums me out to say that because I like David O. Russell. I love Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I love this entire cast. I, lo- I really do. I love everybody in this film. But this movie was slow. It was so slow that it was very hard to keep my interest going into it. This was a two-hour and 15-minute movie, and it just dragged in a million different places. You know, and we talk a lot on this show about movies that go on too long. I mean, this was the big key with, you know, uh, Anchorman that we talked about. You know, our last episode was called The Legend Needs Editing because we talk all the time about editing. Get your movie down. Keep your pace good. And American Hustle did not have that. It was two hours and 15 minutes with a million different parts that just dragged. Um, you know, Christian Bale is kind of like this, you know, he's this hustler. Uh, he used to be married to Jennifer Lawrence and then he hooks up with Amy Adams and they start running scams. Bradley Cooper's a cop who's undercover. And then they kind of start working together, um, to like bring down, uh, Jeremy Renner's character. Um, and it's kind of a plea bargain deal because they were going to get arrested. And that was their only way out was to work with Bradley Cooper's character. Um, outside of that, I couldn't even tell you what else really happened in this movie because I was so dis. It interested in it um and that's not to speak for like the acting or anything because i thought all of your five main key characters did amazing christian bale was great bradley cooper was great amy adams whoo amy adams was beautiful in this film and uh she's sexy as hell in it with a lot of different tops where uh doesn't leave much to the imagination and um jennifer lawrence looked great in it jeremy renner awesome so everybody did really great the acting was superb it was top notch and i would not mind at all when any of these people get nominated for any kind of awards or anything like that they definitely deserve it but a movie as a whole i was disappointed it was good but it's like good is is as far as I would take it for American Hustle. I almost want to give it two stars and just say it was okay. But because the acting was so good, I I rounded it to three and give it three out of five, um, which really is a shock to me because I thought for sure American Hustle would be a four-star film. Uh, I I just really had some high expectations, and that goes back to expectations again. I just expected so much out of this and with that cast, and it just 
it was just too damn slow for me. Um, my wife, we watched this together. My wife felt exactly the same. She was more interested in this film than I was. And at the end, she even said, like, yeah, that was just had a hard time keeping her interest in it. Um, so, you know, it, it, it ranges on the boring level quite often. And that's really sad to say, you know, it definitely picks up in the second half of the film. But to get going, it took way too long. So pacing for me was a big, big issue, uh, resulting in just three out of five stars for American Hustle. Moving on to our next film, it's going to be 47 Ronin. Uh, this is a movie you want to talk about box office bomb. Unfortunately, that's what 47 Ronin is falling into. Uh, this film was actually supposed to come out in 2012. Um, for some reason, Universal pushed it back, probably because it sucked, and they were trying to kind of redo it and re-envision it and see what they could salvage and then re-release it. Finally came out. It's another one that came out on Christmas Day, and it suffered just like Grudge Match did, where it was like everybody's attention went to everything else in 47 Ronin unfortunately I think it debuted number 9 that opening week Um, and um, this movie was made on a reported $175 million budget and um, it's made maybe 40 since Christmas Uh, Universal Pictures actually has already written off the film as a loss Um, they actually had submitted that it was going to be a loss before the film even came out because they knew the tracking was so low on it (laughs) so that's pretty bad when the studio was already saying we're taking a loss on this film Uh, this film stars Keanu Reeves he's like the white samurai just like Tom Cruise um and it's about the Ronin, you know, like once your samurai is killed, then basically your pack becomes Ronins. Uh, your samurai without a master is what a Ronin is. And um, they kind of go on this revenge uh, journey. Uh, and, you know, the rest kind of plays out. It's got a lot of kind of spiritual stuff, and there's demons, and there's, um, you know, kind of this sci fi aspect to it. Keanu was all right in it. I, he's got a, definitely a big love for the uh, Japanese culture right now. He just came out with another film that he directed called The Man from Tai Chi as well, which is now on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, they, there's actually his directorial debut, but he's got a love for this Japanese culture. Um, and there was some really cool moments in the film, but as a whole, it was actually kind of laughable. Uh, me and my friend that went and saw this on Friday night, uh, we went to the very last showing at almost 11 o'clock at night, and there was really nobody else in there, and we ended up just kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000 in this film the entire time, making jokes about how it was like Mortal Kombat, and it was like uh, the Wolverine, and like all these different things, and we, we spent more time laughing and joking about the film than actually enjoying the film. Um, you know, there was a lot of laughable moments in it, and at the end of the film, it kind of leaves you with a what-the-fuck moment. Um, so, 40 seven Ronin, in a little bit of a letdown uh, but th- but the key scenes that were good were actually really good so in the end i ended up giving it three out of five uh for a good score uh it was good i would not recommend that you waste your time to go run out and see it definitely don't see it in 3d don't spend the extra money on it um and i would suggest just kind of rent this one when it comes out uh don't bother going to the theater for it there's really no point so three out of five for 47 ronin And that leads me up to our newest one, and this is actually the number one movie in the United States right now. Based on a true story, I'm talking about Lone Survivor. And uh, this movie is based on a book of the same name. Uh, This guy, Marcus Luttrell, uh, is the real-life Navy SEAL that wrote the the movie. Um, He's actually the character that Mark Wahlberg plays. Uh, They turned it into the film. It's directed by Peter Berg. Uh, It centers around your four main characters, which are Mark Wahlberg, Taylor Kitsch, Emile Hirsch, 
and Ben Foster. And the four of them go out and they're on this mission uh, to take down this Taliban leader. And they ended up the end up getting compromised and it turns into this big war up in the mountains. Um, this film was amazing. Uh, I'm going to tell you, run to your theater. Don't walk to it <laughs> on this one. This was such a good movie. Uh, the acting was superb. Uh, the the friendship and the camaraderie between the four main characters is great. Eric Bana is in this as well as uh, one of the bosses. Um, you know, everything, the way this, this movie played out was just so realistic, so good. When these guys got hurt, you felt it, you know, it was violent. It was, you know, kind of gory in parts, but like it really made you cringe with the realism of the way this was shot. And, um, you know, I had heard so many stories about this movie and just about this true story that I was so, so stoked to see how this was going to play out. And thank God it played out as awesome as it did. It's an, it's a tremendous story. And you kind of are just like, how the hell did this guy survive all of this? Um, in the end result, I mean, it really leaves you scratching your head that, that he came out of this when you see how this movie plays out. Um, and I just want to say congratulations to Taylor Kitsch, uh, because we've, we, you know, this poor guy has been on a pretty rough streak. You know, last year he suffered in the bomb of John Carter, um, you know, which I love John Carter, but unfortunately John Carter didn't do very good for Disney. Um, and then he was in the movie Savages, and Savages didn't do very good either. He did Battleship, and of course we know Battleship was one of the most tanked movies of last summer. So Taylor Kitsch was on a three-movie kind of downgrade, and, and he's a better actor than that, and he deserves better. Better. And thank God he was given this role here because he really shines in this film. He's awesome in this movie, and um, it's great to see him in a number one film. And I hope that this really kind of helps bounce his career back a little bit. Ben Foster, always good. Emil Hirsch, I like this kid too. And of course, Mark Warburg. Uh, your four main characters, all good actors, had great chemistry, great friendship. And it's just an inspiring, crazy true story. And I loved Lone Survivor. Um, I would give it four out of five stars. I kind of want to almost give it four and a half the more I talk about it because I just enjoyed it so, so much. And I just so recommend it. Um, Certified Fresh Rotten Tomatoes uh, debuted with $38 million, exceeding all expectations. They were expecting the movie to debut somewhere between 17 to $25 million, And it did $38 million to be the second biggest debut in history in the month of January. So big hit, well-deserved for Peter Berg and his cast. And um, I highly recommend you see Lone Survivor. Four out of five stars for me, ladies and gentlemen. And that'll get us caught uh, as up to speed as we can right now in movie reviews. I hope to have reviews next time on Wolf of Wall Street, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and um, some other ones. And next weekend, we got a couple, we got Ride Along comes out, and uh, a couple other movies. So, there's a lot going. It's kind of getting hard to stay caught up nowadays. I feel like it's almost more crowded than it was over the summertime. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, because it's, like this is really a clumping, yeah. uh, if you will. But I, ha- I have tentative plans to see Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle this week. <laughs> and I'm not sure what our uh, recording schedule will be since I will be out of town next weekend for the MLK weekend. Do you get off MLK? Yeah. In, are you doing anything special? Um, no. Just well, you do have a ch- you have a child and everything. <laughs> everything. You'll be sleeping. That will probably be special. I will be sleeping in. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of 
stuff going on right now. And I was planning on have the we saw Anchorman because we were going to see American Hustle with my parents. But by the time I got to Florida, I was, was already feeling like shit, and there was so much going on. We never made it to the movies, and then I expected us to go to the movies and see these other things. But it was the worst sinus infection of my life. I still am coughing. I'm still blowing my nose and taking uh, uh, medicines and things. And one of my ears is still a little foggy. Like, my right ear is still not 100% opened up. And I, and I will, like, try. I'll, like... You ever do the thing where you, like, take your hand and cover your nostrils and blow to try to blow out your ears? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. I'm doing that all the time, and it's not working. You know what happens? My other ear pops. So, but hopefully, by the next time we get together on the show, we'll have several movie reviews to go over once again. Yeah, for sure. Oh, still trying to play that catch-up from Christmas. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So much going on. But, it's uh, a busy time of year. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you feel about Taylor Kitsch finally getting a number one movie? <laughs> I know you got love for Taylor. <laughs> Well, I don't consider it a Taylor Kitsch. So. He's actually Mark Wahlberg's bo- uh, boss in the film. So. Yeah, but he's, he, the one, he's the one in he charge not, in the mission. The lone survivor. He is not the lone survivor. <laughs> spoiler my spoiler only, alert. <laughs> yeah, my only gripe. It's like three guys you've never heard of in Mark Wahlberg. One of them is the lone survivor. <laughs> I wonder which one. And it's not like there's an idea. Like, Eric Bana is in the movie, but he's not on the four-person team. It's <laughs> like they even threw you a bone there. But, I, um, that was my only beef with it, was that it was like this good-ass movie, and you know right when the movie starts that everyone's dying but Mark Wahlberg. And you're like, kind of takes the air out of the movie just a bit. They should have titled it something else. but Yeah, they should have changed the title of the book because in the book going in, it's okay to understand like this is the guy's story that he's the only guy who survived. But for a movie, it, we need more drama. You need to build a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I should have named it Seal Team 666. <laughs> That's not take. Oh, boy. Oh. Very good. All right, let's uh, jump into the news. Uh, some breaking kind of casting stuff that they're looking at for Star Wars Episode Seven, which I'm starting to get this feeling in my mind that um, that this movie is just never going to come out <laughs> because I feel like they keep talking about casting and all this stuff, and I'm like, man, this movie is coming out next year, and they don't have anything announced. <laughs> like, this is I'm, like Fifty Shades of Grey. This is just so ridiculous. You have a movie this big, and you have no cast lined up. Like, what is going on here? Uh, but the latest casting rumors are that J.J. Abrams is looking at Michael Fassbender, Adam Driver, and Hugo Weaving uh, as three characters to be added to the film. And on top of that, they're saying that the roles for Luke, Leia, and Han are actually much bigger than what was initially anticipated. Because uh, I know the original reports were saying, like, oh, they're not going to be in the film that much. It'll be kind of like more like a cameo type stuff. And now they're saying that, that a lot of it's going to be centered around their three characters. So uh, that I like, because I think they should have a pretty good chunk of the film. and um, Especially the first film. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least this one to kind of yeah, put it all the transition. Yeah. Um, but out of the, this casting stuff, I mean... 
this Adam Driver guy, I keep seeing his name pop up a lot lately. He's on that TV show Girls on HBO. I think the dude is one of the ugliest looking guys in Hollywood, and he's such a joke. But I keep seeing his name pop up and shit, so I wish people would stop trying to hire this guy. On top of that, though, I do like Hugo Weaving, and I love Michael Fassbender, so I could totally see Michael Fassbender as some kind of Jedi or something. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so... Let me look up this guy. I don't watch. I don't watch girls because I like shows that are funny <laughs> and entertaining. So I don't watch girls, New Girl, or The Mindy Project. As a result, oh god, look at this guy's face. Yeah, he looks like a rat. Look at that nose. What's going on there? Yeah, he's rumored to be in Star Wars next Star Wars movie. Yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's awful. My my night's been not. My night's now been ruined by finding a photo of this guy <laughs> exactly that's why jesus I don't understand, like what is going on his name is rumored for so many different things right now I'm like stop it hollywood stop it well that's terrible <laughs> uh speaking of wolf of wall street it was kind of funny we were talking about this yesterday off the air but wolf of wall street now holds the record for a non-documentary film for the most uses of the word fuck in wolf of wall street they say it 522 times <laughs> Pretty hilarious. Uh, and just to show you how hilarious, somebody actually went through the film and put together every time they said fuck. Uh, it's The video is called The Wolf of Wall Street, the fucking short version. <laughs> and it's about four minutes long. And I still, it's crazy that it's four minutes long when all they're showing is when people say fuck. Uh, it's pretty hilarious if you would like to see it it doesn't really ruin the movie for you if you haven't seen it I watched it I haven't seen the film yet uh, it moves so fast through that you couldn't follow what was going on but it's pretty hilarious just to see this video be like fuck 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 motherfucker fuck 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 you fuck <laughs> and it just goes on for four minutes straight so uh, congratulations Wolf of Wall Street 522 times using the word F um, I know my mother-in-law actually said she will not watch this movie just because of that so I thought that was pretty hilarious because she was looking forward to it. And then she found out how many times they say fuck. And she said, never mind. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so there you go. The Wolf of Wall Street, the fucking short version. You can watch that video on the Facebook page. Um, wanted to get your uh, idea on this. I don't know if we talked about this on the last show. But um, in the last couple of weeks, the news has come out that Ed Helms is going to star in the Naked Gun reboot. Um playing um, Leslie Nielsen's character. And now a report came out over the weekend saying that it's not really a reboot and that they're going to film it as a sequel, kind of taking place in the same universe, taking place just later on. And they said that Ed Helms' character, when he introduces himself to people, will say, like, hi, what was his name? Like, Frank... uh, Frank Frank Drebin. Frank Drebin. That he'll be like, hi, Frank Drebin, no relation. Is how, is how introduce himself to people. That's um, funny. Yeah, so it is pretty funny. They said that the way they're writing it is to just make it take place in that same kind of universe, connect it to the other films so that you know that that stuff happened, um, but not really reboot. So this kind of gives me a nice little fresh aspect to this film because I didn't understand why you would reboot The Naked Gun. It just didn't seem like a movie that needed to be rebooted uh, for that kind of a parody-type film. Um, I like Ed Helms. I don't really see him in this role, uh, but kind of hearing the the direction they're taking it now and i really did get a laugh out of the whole frank driven no relation thing uh, uh, so uh, i don't know i'm i'm more open to it now and a little curious of how this is going to turn out so what's your thoughts on the naked gun uh, reboot kind of here? yeah at first i was really unhappy i 
think I even said <coughs> on Facebook that I love Ed Helms, but this was not necessary. That being said, the fact that they are doing it as sort of like a continuation in the same universe, sort of, uh, I think that that's, that's better, at least. And I think there's some room for jokes there that could work. So I'm still a little, hmm, I don't know why they're doing this, why they have to reboot this. It's unnecessary. The originals are classics. But if they're, if they're going to do, do it in a certain way, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to see it and go in with an open mind. Can we get an O.J. Simpson cameo? Uh, might be tough. Might <laughs> slightly difficult, but you never you know. Never know. Maybe <laughs> one of those appeals. Will, you never know. Ne- never say never, right? That's what Justin Bieber taught me. They could film it in a cell, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I heard he has brain tumors. Maybe he gets released on a medical, and they they do a couple days of filming. There you go. I like it. We'll see. Uh, Bruce Willis uh, is going to be replacing Arnold Schwarzenegger in a new action flip. Uh, action movie called Captive. Uh, Arnold had to drop out for some unknown reason, uh, and Bruce Willis has stepped in to take it over. So uh, I'll take it. You know, Bruce is a nice uh, substitution for Arnold. So, uh, well, Black Man After Dark said, "What's the difference between yeah, exactly. the two of them at this point?" <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so this new Terminator movie, it's it's supposedly going to be called Terminator Genesis, and uh, they're filling in the roles. We already got our Sarah Connor, and we got our uh, John Connor. They're looking at um, Jai Courtney. Uh, his name is a little unfamiliar to a lot of people, but he played uh, Bruce Willis's son, actually, in the last Die Hard film. He was in Jack Reacher. He was the bad guy in Jack Reacher. He's going to be in that new I, Frankenstein movie that comes out later this month as well. Um, he's one of the new, like, young action star type guys. Uh, they're looking at him to play Kyle Reese in the Terminator reboot. So uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, so uh, we'll see. You know, they're looking at some other names too, but he's the top name on the list that they're looking at for Kyle Reese in the Terminator film. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is still attached to be a part of this as well. He's, he's got to have some role in it. Yeah. I'm just curious if he's going to be a Terminator or if he's, they're gonna, he's going to play a human in this new version. That's what I'm kind of yeah. interested in. I think they could play with they could play with things a little bit. I'd be I'd be fine with that. Uh, for all you Super Bowl fans, halftime fans, we all know Bruno Mars is playing the halftime show. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers has just been added as well, and they're going to do something with uh, Bruno Mars. So, kind of an interesting choice and combination. Yeah, they like to they do like to mix it up a little bit. They like to put different people from different genres and you know they like to mix it up and have a lot of name recognition so i'm a, i was very excited to hear bruno mars was going to do it I, I like bruno mars and, and the, the halftime show is usually pretty good uh, you know beyonce had a really good halftime show recently uh, of course when Janet jackson did it they had the nipple slip thing and all yeah. that so it's usually pretty good spectacle they usually put on a pretty good show uh hopefully it's not in the middle of a blizzard though yeah because it'll be in it'll be in MetLife Stadium, and we were at MetLife Stadium in uh, end of March, beginning of April, and it was drizzly, mm-hmm. a little a little cold and, and ugly. And this is going to be February second. It's supposed to be a blizzard coming through. Stay tuned, folks. That'll be interesting. Uh, For all you Comic-Con fans out there that are looking to go to the 2014 Comic-Con, they made an interesting move over the past weekend. Uh, When the passes come out, they will no longer sell the four-day pass. Now, in the past, you used to be able to buy all four days, which would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, along with a preview night on Wednesday, uh, together, all in a one-day swoop. Uh, Or you could buy days individually. 
it says this year Comic Con is going to only sell the individual day passes. So uh, I did go to Comic Con myself a couple years ago, and I and I bought the whole pass for the whole week. Um, so I don't understand why they're dropping it like that. Uh, it kind of makes it a pain in the ass because what if you're, you know, you have to buy them individually or something and you only get like Friday and then you go to buy Saturday and Saturday's sold out. And I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think this just, this is causing a lot of people to kind of flip a little bit. Um, I, I think it's a silly, silly move for them to do this. Um, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. But uh, if you're interested in going, just be prepared that you'll have to buy all individual passes to go this year. Um,. The Better Call Sal spinoff of um, Breaking Bad and Mad Men, they got their premiere dates uh, set, and you can check out that article on the Facebook page. Uh, the talk show Talking Dead, which airs after The Walking Dead new episodes, that has also been renewed for another season to match up with uh, the next season of The Walking Dead. Uh, Boardwalk Empire is ending after season five. Now, Nick, you're the one that likes Boardwalk Empire, so how do you feel about this coming to a close? I actually think it's probably for the best. I think that the character that Steve Buscemi plays is the main character. At the beginning of the series, you know, he's a corrupt political figure, and now he's become a basically just a gangster. And he's just not as interesting a character to me. My father agrees. So I think this is a good spot to just wrap things up. So I'm 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 okay with it. I'm fine with it. Even though like Girls gets more seasons and all these shitty fucking shows go on forever and the good shows get taken off, I'm okay with Boardwalk being over after 5 seasons. All right. Well, like Nick just said, yes, HBO has also announced that it has renewed Girls for a fourth season. Now, season three is just starting tonight. Tonight is the season premiere of season three. So it's kind of funny that they've already announced season four, and they haven't even gotten an episode out of three yet. So they obviously love this show. they got a good fan base going for it, so they're locked it in. Yeah, House of Lies tonight also, by the way. Yes, I love House of Lies. uh, Very excited. My dad sent me the text about it he loves that show he loves the hb the, uh, the showtime shows loves ray donovan yeah. i can't get him in to watch dexter though he's it's just not his thing but he loves he loves ray donovan he loves house of lies and he likes shameless to a lesser degree yeah see shameless is one i never really got into but i i hear a lot of good things and maybe eventually i'll watch it on demand or something but yeah um very excited for like, house of lies tonight i'm also excited tonight is also the premiere of the new show true detective on HBO, which is the new show Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, you know, you you told me about that, and then it popped up, and it looks really interesting. It's supposed to be great. It's getting massively good reviews, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, the cast is awesome. Love Woody. You know, Matthew McConaughey is great. So this looks really, really good, and HBO knows how to get it done. So um, I'm glad I'm, we're having that 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 Ed TV reunion. It's, just, it's very important. It's a fine film. So set the DVR for that one. True Detective airs tonight. The, then Girls season premiere follows after House of Lies on Showtime. Shameless on Showtime as well. So tonight's a big season premiere night. Of course, along with the season premiere of Am I on the Air. So, you know, yeah. doing it up big tonight. Uh, James Marsden is in early ne- ne- uh, negotiations to replace Paul Walker in the new movie Best of Me. Best of Me is a new uh, movie, romantic comedy kind of movie that's based on the another um, Nicholas Sparks type film. Oh God! Yeah, I know. 
Uh, Michelle Monaghan is the female lead in this film. Paul Walker was supposed to be the guy, and obviously we know Paul Walker passed. Um, so James Marsden now is in negotiations to step up for that. Love James Marsden. I mean, great actor. You know, we talk about him all the time. We just talked about him in Anchorman. He was awesome in there. Um, great, great actor. I don't think he should be wasted in a Nicholas Sparks film, uh, but, you know, he would fit in pretty well with something like that. So. Is Channing Tatum not available? No, because Ch- Channing's already done a couple of them. So. Who else is... Who- who else has done that? Didn't, uh, well, Ryan Gosling did The Notebook, right? Yeah. And then Channing Tatum did, and then who was the last one? Was it Josh Duhamel that was yeah, in it? Yeah, Josh Duhamel and um, the blonde, uh, God, the blonde, this is the sister of the dude that was on Dancing with the Stars, uh, Juliana Huff. Yeah, she was the girl that was called Safe Haven. And then, um, yeah, there was the one with the uh, Channing, there was two with Channing Tatum, I believe, because Channing Tatum did the one with, um, God, I'm forgetting her name now. The chick from uh, Wedding Crashers. Rachel McAdams. He did the yeah, one she, where she got in the car crash. Rachel McAdams is, that's her thing. That is her thing. <laughs> but that was the one where she got in the car crash and she couldn't remember who he was and he was her fiance and he had to kind of yes. love all over again. I remember that. She like loved the other guy. Yeah. And then uh, and then he also did, Channing Tatum did the one with the Seinfeld, uh, or Seyfried, Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried. Oh, Amanda Seyfried. The Dear John, I think it was called. So there's been several of those Nicholas Sparks ones. and they, I mean, they all do pretty well at the box office. That's why they keep getting made. But, um, you know, this one is called... They're all the fucking same. The same fucking movie over and over again. Now, I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie, but I feel like it's the same, uh, let's say Medea. It's the same fucking movie over and over again. It is. Uh, Lee Daniels, who directed The Butler earlier in 2013, he's in talks to direct a Richard Pryor biopic film. And they're discussing um, Michael B. Jordan, um, and Eddie Murphy is another name that's being tossed around uh, to play Richard Pryor. So a lot of names kind of getting tossed around, but Lee Daniels is in talks to direct that biopic. Uh, this next piece of news I know Nick's going to like, uh, and I was pretty shocked by this, but it did it. The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, has become the top-grossing domestic film in North America for 2013. It just passed Iron Man 3 uh, the other day at f- passing $409 million in the U.S. to become the highest-grossing film of 2013 in the U.S. Thank you. In, in Thank the, you. In the world, Iron Man 3 uh, it finished with, like, $1.2 billion. It's the only movie that's been over well, in, in, uh, <laughs> in worldwide. Know how I feel about the, you know how I feel about the overseas box office. You know how I feel... They give you a loaf of bread, and they come in and say, oh, go see John Carter of Mars. Oh, they give you a bag of oranges and say, oh, go see uh, Iron Man 3. It's America. America. Well, there you go. Catch your fire. Number one domestic film. I'll take I'm just happy. It, I'm just happy it was successful, yeah. especially because I was, even though it's so much different than all these other, like the mortal instruments, all these other things, I was just a little nervous. But once it's like the Hercules movie with Kellen Lutz. This is going to have no impact in the Hercules movie with The Rock. No one's going to fucking remember the Hercules movie with Kellen Lutz by the time The Rock's movie comes out. Yeah, it looks so It looks so bad. It looks so bad. Oh, did you see? I, I tweeted last night. You were probably in bed already. But did you see what the Rotten Tomatoes is on that one? How bad is it? Two percent. Than- oh, I was going to say less than five. Two percent Rotten Tomatoes. I want to meet the two percent that it's it's a Mama Kellen Lutz, 
and one of the producers. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you don't see that very often. <laughs> percent of rotten tomatoes good fucking god i think ripd at three <laughs> percent probably oh my god two percent so that's hilarious yeah oh man all right uh i know we're very happy with this next piece of news uh some plot details started coming out on the purge 2 which will be released later this year. And they listen to the show and they listen to what we said needs to get done for the purge Two. They have promised that it will not be another home invasion film. And that this next film will take out on, take place out on the streets during the purge where basically your character has got to get from point A to point B uh, throughout the night of the purge. Uh, this is exactly what this film needs to do. This is where the first film was lacking because they set up this awesome premise and there was so much they could have done and they regulated the whole film to a house. We said from the very beginning from that, when that movie came out, you had to get out in the streets. You had to be out on the run. You have to see everything else that's going down during a night like that, and they are doing it. So very, very happy to hear where The Purge 2 is taking its direction. Yeah, this was the right way to go. You and I have been saying it the whole time since it was announced they're doing a sequel. To just do another upper-middle-class suburban home and basically rehash it, it would be like The Hangover 2. So this was definitely the right way to go. I'm really excited about the casting, particularly Michael K. Williams, who's in Borwick Empire. He was on The Wire. He made some appearances on Community. He is absolutely tremendous. He's a great actor. He can really be a good tough guy, so I'm not sure what direction they're going to go in for that his role, but... I'm very happy about the direction and the plot, and this is this is the way to make the sequel successful, is to do this, and website's back up and running, and the countdown is on to the next purge, so prepare yourself. Oh, shit. Survive the night. So we talked earlier about James Marsden in, in negotiations to replace Paul Walker in that Nicholas Sparks film. That's not the only film that we need to replace Paul Walker in. As uh, Homeland's actor, uh, Rupert friend is his name uh, he, he plays one of the secret service type guys on homeland over on showtime he's in talks to replace paul walker in the movie agent 47 uh, agent 47 is the, is the movie based on the video game hitman um, this was kind of a reboot slash sequel to the hitman movie that came out i think in 07 starring timothy oliphant uh, Paul Walker signed to take over this role many, many months ago, and I guess he was going to jump in to start filming that right after Fast 7. Um, and then once again, obviously not around to do it. So uh, Rupert Friend in talks to replace Paul Walker in Agent 47. Um, Gerard Butler is in talks in heavy negotiations for the Point Break remake. Yes, they are remaking Point Break. If you remember that movie, it was the heist movie with the surfers and uh, led by Patrick Swayze for the bad guys and Keanu Reeves as the undercover cop. Um, Kind of the premise for the first Fast and Furious movie. And um, so they are going to remake it, and Gerard Butler is actually in negotiations uh, to play the character that Patrick Swayze was. So I like it. I love Gerard Butler. I can see him being in that role. So uh, I think it'll be interesting. Point Break was a great 80s movie. And um, Nick, did you have any thoughts on Point Break? Yeah. (sighs) Sorry, we we had a little incident here. 
did you have any um, thoughts on the Point Break remake? Uh, I was really hoping for the Roadhouse remake. <laughs> but And honestly, at the beginning, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> like what I, In my mind, when they said Gerard Butler and the Point Break remake, in my mind, I thought it was the Roadhouse remake. So, I, Gerard Butler is fine. He needs the money. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Alrighty, well... Uh, no, our, our, we, I, we think our fan is about to crash down on us here, so we're is- monitoring it accordingly. But if you... Our fan, like the fan is making strange noises. Oh. So if the fan comes crashing down, you hear a loud bang, we'll have to cut the show uh, short. Okay. Let's hope that it... Just, just got to save the cat. She's going to protect the cat. That's my number one concern. All right, well, a couple of days ago, we had another award show hit. We had the People's Choice Awards go down this past week, and I'm going to run down some of the winners here for the People's Choice. For favorite movie, the winner was Iron Man 3. For favorite movie actor, it went to Johnny Depp. Favorite movie actress went to Sandra Bullock. Favorite movie duo went to Sandra Bullock and George Clooney for Gravity. Uh, Favorite action movie went to Iron Man 3. Favorite action movie star went to Robert Downey Jr. Favorite comedic movie went to The Heat. Favorite comedic movie actor went to Adam Sandler. Favorite movie comedic actress went to Sandra Bullock. Uh, Favorite dramatic movie went to Gravity. Favorite dramatic movie actor went to Leonardo DiCaprio. Favorite dramatic movie actress went to Sandra Bullock. Favorite family movie went to Despicable Me 2. Favorite horror movie went to Carrie. Favorite thriller movie went to Now You See Me. Favorite network TV comedy went to The Big Bang Theory. Favorite comedic TV actor went to Chris Colfer. Favorite comedic TV actress went to Kaylee Cuoco. Favorite TV network drama went to The Good Wife. Favorite dramatic TV actor went to Josh Charles. Favorite dramatic TV actress went to Stana Kadic. Favorite actor in a new TV series went to Joseph Morgan. Favorite actress in a new TV series went to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Favorite TV crime drama went to Castle. Uh, Favorite competition TV show went to The Voice. Favorite cable TV comedy went to Psych. Favorite cable TV drama went to The Walking Dead. Favorite premium TV cable show went to Homeland. Favorite cable TV actress went to Lucy Hale. Favorite TV anti-hero went to Rick Grimes for The Walking Dead. Uh, Favorite TV bromance went to Sam, Dean, and Castiel for Supernatural. Favorite TV gal pals went to Rachel and and Santana in Glee. Favorite on-screen chemistry went to Damon and Alina from The Vampire Diaries. Favorite sci-fi fantasy TV show went to Beauty and the Beast. Favorite sci-fi fantasy TV actor went to Ian Ian Summerholder. Favorite TV actress, uh, Kristen Crook. Favorite TV movie miniseries went to American Horror Story. Daytime TV host went to Ellen DeGeneres. Favorite new talk show host went to Queen Latifah. Favorite late-night talk show host went to Stephen Colbert. Uh, favorite streaming series went to Orange is the New Black. Favorite series we missed most went to Breaking Bad, which pisses me off that it beat Dexter. Uh, favorite TV new TV comedy went to Super Fun Night. Favorite new TV drama went to Rain. Favorite male artist went to Justin Timberlake. Favorite female artist went to Demi Lovato. Favorite breakout artist went to Ariana Grande. Favorite pop artist went to Britney Spears. Favorite country artist, Taylor Swift. Favorite country music icon went to Tim McGraw. Favorite hip-hop artist went to Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Favorite R&B artist, Justin Timberlake. Favorite band, One Direction. Favorite alternative brand, 
uh, Fallout Boy. Favorite song went to Roar by Katy Perry. Favorite album was The 2020 Experience by Justin Timberlake. Favorite music video was Just Give Me a Reason by Pink. And your favorite music fan following went to the Lovatics. <laughs> it was just what Demi Lovato calls her fans. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the um, 2014 People's Choice Awards winner. Oh, the people, the people suck. <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. By the way, the Ian Summerholder guy, that's the guy that Dave's sister says should have been uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that's what 90% of everyone says should have been Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey. Uh, I mean, she, I mean her, number, her, number one, her number one was uh, Henry Cavill. But after Henry Cavill, but her number one everything is Henry Cavill. Yeah. Like, who are you going to vote for for president? Oh, Henry, Henry Cavill, even though he's English and can't run. Slight obsession. Yeah, just a little bit. But yeah, Ian Summerholder was definitely by far the biggest fan favorite for Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, Mrs. Mega loves that dude. She doesn't even watch Vampire Diaries, but every time he pops up, she goes ballistic. So yeah, he would have been the pick for sure, but he probably didn't want to fucking touch it. (laughs) There's no doubt that they probably asked him because the fan following was too demanding on that guy. So they must have asked him and he probably was like, no thanks. Uh, We got a new video for What's the Damage? Uh, what's the damage video this week is for Ghostbusters. Um, there's a new movie coming out called Draft Day, and it stars um, Kevin Costner. And Draft Day was filmed or screened by the Motion Picture Association of America, and they gave it an R rating. And uh, the company producing it, um, putting it out, uh, basically fought it, and they appealed it, and they actually won. And they got the rating dropped to a PG-13. I guess they were fighting over the way that... Uh, the word fuck came out in one of the scenes and they were like, there's no way we're taking an R rating because of it. And they ended up appealing it and got, and got it approved. So draft day over uh, wins the appeal to overturn the R rating and will be PG 13. Excellent. I'm looking forward to this movie. Kevin Costner plays general manager of the Cleveland Browns. at the NFL draft day. Dennis Leary is in it. Franklin Jella, really good cast, really interesting idea. There've been tons of football movies, but there's never really been a football movie about draft day and it is a really hectic chaotic crazy day so i'm it's a movie i'm really looking forward to seeing dave's favorite football team is the cleveland browns so i'm sure i'll be seeing this movie with him nice uh production has been halted and stopped basically on the new posthumous Aaliyah project uh drake as uh if nick remembers drake from anchorman 2 cameo uh, drake uh, basically wanted to do uh, i learned who i learned who drake was from anchorman 2 exactly drake had a passion project he wanted to do and he wanted to make this new Aaliyah album of course we all know Aaliyah died like 12 years ago um he wanted to make this new Aaliyah album and you know he started working with this producer and they've been working on it for many many months now uh and then the producer behind it he actually met with Aaliyah's family and her and Aaliyah's mom and a couple other family members said we don't like this idea and we don't really support it we don't want anything else put out of our daughter and so at that point the producer guy said okay if you guys don't want it I don't want it. And he said, peace. And he backed out of it. So now Drake is kind of stuck with the project on his own. And now he feels bad and doesn't really want to finish it. So basically it looks like the project is going to get kiboshed. So, um, good reasons. I mean, when the, when the family member of the person that's deceased doesn't want it, uh, it's hard to kind of argue that. So, uh, time to move on. So if you were looking forward to the posthumous Aaliyah album, it doesn't look like it's going to be coming anytime soon. Well, if at first you don't succeed, (laughs) 
dust herself. See, the truck. I know who I know who fucking Aaliyah is. Okay, <laughs> I had this conversation with the missus today because I didn't know who uh, Pharrell was, even though he was in the oh. Blurred Lines video. <laughs> I was like, I don't know Drake or Two Chains or Four Chains. Or I told her, be happy. I know who Kanye West is. Be happy. I know who Jay Z is. Be happy. I know who DMX and P Diddy are. That's pretty good for me. That's pretty good. I had no idea who Drake was in the Anchorman uh, cameo, by the way. I, I, the, the audience reacted, and then I had to turn to my wife and ask who that was. Because my wife is a big fan of uh, hip-hop. She likes to go to the club, so she knows all those R&B people. I did recognize Kanye, though, so you're welcome. <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. Say hello to your mother for me, all right? Um, I was very interested in this article came out the other day that ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, is actually suing the FBI for labeling their fans as a hybrid gang. Now, this is something the FBI started doing a couple years ago where they were saying they were going to label juggalos as a gang. And it is listed in certain states as a gang. And unfortunately for me, I live in Arizona. Arizona is one of those states (laughs) where a juggalo is part of a gang. And uh, unfortunately for me... I consider myself a juggalo, <laughs> and um, I actually have their l- logo on the back of my car. And I've been waiting for the day that a, that a police officer just happens to pull me over and and try to say you're part of this gang because I would it's love to see it coming. It's I'd coming. Love to see it happen because I'd be like, are you serious? <laughs> you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to call Saul. You're gonna be in trouble. It's just kind of silly. Um, I don't know how they get away with it, and, uh, and I'm glad that ICP is kind of trying to do something about it. And then I don't know how far a lawsuit against the FBI will go, but I like that they're not just sitting down and taking the fact that their fans are being labeled this way. So, congratulations to my boys, ICP, suing the FBI to try to get them to stop labeling fans as part of a gang. Well, the the issue is going to be, you know, I don't know how far this will go either, but, but when the FBI is going to back the truck up with incidents involving uh, ICP fans, you're going to have a substantial amount of evidence. Not that you are the problem, Don, but there are some incidents involving the ICP that are not exactly kosher. I mean, you're not exactly getting this from the Lovatoites or whatever they fucking call themselves. <laughs> the tinker, the, you know, the, uh, the, the claimates, the believers. I mean, they're, they're bad on a whole... They should be labeled criminals for a whole other reason. But I, I don't know, uh, you know what their recourse is in this, but it is nice that they're, they're not just going to lay down and take it. So I applaud them for that, but they'll probably fail and just give... They'll probably just expose themselves to more problems from the FBI. Did you, did you happen woop, to watch... Or whatever week? it is that the <laughs> people say. Did you, I did see... Best week ever. I did see Best Week Ever. <laughs> Nick Turner in the I did. <laughs> yeah, I did like it. They rec- they they referenced the tequila tequila uh, beer throwing and everything. I did I did see that. Yes, I thought Nick Turner had a really good week on Best Week Ever. Oh, he was great. I love the Situation Room. That's my favorite part of the whole. The yeah. Whole yeah, absolutely. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Uh. Uh, so we got a new trailer up for that movie Bad Words 
which stars Jason Bateman. We put up the Red Band trailer many, many weeks ago, but they finally just released the Green Band one, so if you want to see it toned down a little bit, you can now see the Green Band trailer. Uh, Zoe Saldana is set to star in NBC's Rosemary's Baby remake. It'll be a miniseries. <laughs> it's a new miniseries that they'll be doing. It's terrible. Why would they take a beautiful girl like that and make her the the mother of Satan? <sighs> spoiler, spoiler alert if you're not familiar with fucking Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I'm sad. Take some, take, take, take Lena Dunham. Uh. Or someone else. Don't take Zoe. <laughs> take the other fucking Zoe. I knew you were going <laughs> to. Zoe Deschanel is perfect to play the mother of Satan. It's perfect casting. Uh, and uh, Fox has now ordered a series order for Rain Wilson's new drama called Backstrom. Um, I have no clue what the show is about. It's the guy from House. The producer from House is doing it. He's the... Uh, like, Rain Wilson is a quirky detective. That's my it was understanding from... It filmed for the pilot season on CBS. And CBS passed on it, and then Fox picked it up. So, lucky, you got lucky. Funny how that works. Well, if only uh, Man Up exactly could have been picked. Only Man Up could have <laughs> that show would have worked so well on like a TBS or a TNT. No, I agree. I mean, it fucking it could be on with Cougar Town right exactly. now. Exactly, could have been on right after Cougar Town. Instead, it had less episodes than Sean <laughs> Saves the World. <laughs> Speaking of TBS, TBS has renewed the Pete Holmes show. So that will be back for 13 more episodes starting... I didn't know it existed. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was on TV, just got renewed. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, It's like a show on, uh, I think it's AMC, the show about the building of the train, the the railroad, Hell on Earth or Hell on Wheels or something. mm, Have you familiar with this? I had no idea this fucking show existed. And then one day it popped up on Netflix. No, oh, I... I know, yeah, Hell on Wheels. I think I do know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like in the fourth season. Yeah, it has been on for a while. Good idea. Uh, Judd Apatow's next movie, it's called Trainwreck. It's going to be starring Amy Schumer. Uh, it has got a release date finally. It'll come out on July 24th, 2015. That busy 2015 right busy there. 2015 gets another movie added to the summertime. Judd Apatow's train wreck. Um, this was an interesting rumor that came out last week that I'm kind of been tossing around with a lot of people, getting different people's opinions on and stuff. But it looks like so. The rumor came out right around Christmas time that The Rock has closed a deal with DC. And he's finally going to be involved in a comic book movie. This is something that's been a long time coming, whether it be Marvel, whether it be DC, that he's just involved, you know, with this kind of stuff. Uh, He said he met with DC. He's locked something up. He's going to be doing something with DC. So then the rumors started populating. Uh, Was it going to be Black Adam? Was it going to be Doomsday? You know, what's what's it going to be? Is it going to be a good guy, villain? You know, so back and forth. The latest rumor is that he may actually be the new Green Lantern. And that he um, would be taking on the role of John Stewart. Uh, now, a lot of you were like, "What?" Um, you know, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Ryan Reynolds played Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan is the original Green Lantern. He's the main Green Lantern. Um, after Hal Jordan steps down 
being Green Lantern, John Stewart becomes the Earth's second uh, Green Lantern. Um, and so it's kind of smart. I can see them doing this. He, the Rock doesn't strike me as a Green Lantern, and I don't really see him. Like, right off the bat, I didn't see him in this role. But the more I thought about it, I was like, it'd be actually be pretty cool to see him as Green Lantern and then see him, like, in Justice League and stuff with Batman and Superman. And, I mean, how cool would that just be for Rock? Uh, you know, a John Stewart, honestly, to me, from the way he's presented in the comic books and everything, would be like an Idris Elba. Like, Idris Elba would be a perfect John Stewart. Um, you know, he's more of a straight-up African-American, you know, type Green Lantern. Um, but I could see Rock doing it. Rock p- seems kind of like the animated version of it a little bit, just in a bigger form. Um, and this is interesting for Warner Brothers, because this allows Warner Brothers kind of an out to not have to reuse Ryan Reynolds, and then not have to reboot it at the same time using that same character. This way they can just go with a secondary Green Lantern and just move along. You know, and The Rock brings in that bankable kind of uh, box office. And we talked about he was the biggest box office draw of 2013, so why not? So, you know, as outlandish as I thought this seemed at first glance, it doesn't seem too odd now that I think about it. Uh, somebody had actually tweeted Rock and, say, and said, you know, I could see The Rock playing in DC movies. How about Jon Stewart, Justice League's Green Lantern? And Rock actually responded, he retweeted it, and he responded and said, funny you say that, dot, dot, dot. Now, this could just be Rock playing along with the internet community, as we lo- know stars love to do on Twitter. Um, but it's kind of interesting that he responded to that statement and said, funny you say that. So, kind of leads you to believe that some things are brewing behind the scenes that we might not know about. Um, but it's very, very interesting. So, Nick, what do you think about the possibility, first and foremost, obviously, of Rock being in the DC Universe, and second of all, him taking over as Green Lantern? Well, I think it makes a lot of sense that The Rock is involved in a comic book franchise with a major character, (coughs) excuse me, that can be in, (coughs) excuse me, that can be in multiple movies, and the Justice League, and everything. I think all of that on paper in a vacuum, I think that makes total sense. You showed me sort of like the cartoon Green Lantern John Stewart version in The Rock and I thought they looked pretty pretty close. Um, I don't know much about the Green Lantern character and if The Rock would be a particularly good fit <coughs> but uh, as a big fan of The Rock and always enjoying what he does in the the, the fact that he can bring both you know the very hard hardcore action side to a superhero, but also be able to bring a little humor and and personality to a character. Like I said, I don't know much about the Green Lantern as a character, but I think The Rock is a great fit for some role in the DC Universe, if not the Marvel Universe. So I, I will let the comic book people that know more sort of work it out, but fact that The Rock would be involved in this makes so much sense for both parties and is great being a fan of his. Now, obviously, he's got to come back to wrestling, though, because he needs the money, which is what we heard last year from dumb wrestling fans. While he was the number one box office draw and is going to be in a 
DC movie and everything else. So I'm excited. It's going to be really cool. And they need someone like this to really start pumping things, you know, pumping things up, getting things going. If they really want to have some kind of a Justice League movie that's going to be even close to the Avengers. I don't think it's possible. But if they want to try to do it, they're going to have to have those kinds of big name people in there like The Rock. Yeah, another name that's been floating around a lot in the rumor mills is Denzel Washington. Now, Denzel Washington's name was attached a lot to the whole John Stewart thing for Green Lantern. And on one half of me, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see Denzel as John Stewart uh, as a Green Lantern. That'd be kind of interesting to see Denzel. Uh, but as some other people have pointed out, Denzel Washington is 60 years old. <laughs> and starting that kind of now, like, do you really relaunch a Green Lantern franchise with a 60-year-old dude that by the time they do Justice League and they do maybe another solo uh, Green Lantern movie, he's 70 at that point? Well, here's... doesn't make sense. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Hollywood sometimes, when you say you, you want a really good black actor, the first person is always Denzel. So they got to start thinking about the fact that, I mean, is there a way they would like have like Denzel be in one movie and sort of pass the torch to The Rock or something? Would, would that blow up the... Would, would comic book fans like lose their mind? It'd be just kind of ridiculous. You, you don't want to put yourself in the spot where you've got to recast. You know, like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, see, because then the other rumor came out, and this one seemed more feasible, is that they might be going towards Denzel being Lex Luthor, and I actually can kind of dig that. Now, usually, I don't like when they change. He's not movies. white, but he's he's not white, and he's not bald. He could be bald though. He's been bald in movies before. He could shave his head. He can oh. the out. Like <laughs> he could just, you know. Um, I don't. Like I said, I'm not usually for changing the race of stuff, but look at Michael Clark Duncan as King- Kingpin in, in Daredevil. He was awesome as Kingpin, and at first I was like, Kingpin ain't black, you know? Um, Lawrence Fishburne is Perry White in the Super and Man of Steel, you know, a white dude. Uh, you know, they're getting a little bit looser with doing stuff like that, but for Lex Luthor, I can, as much as I don't like when they change stuff, I think it'd be kind of really cool and interesting to see Denzel, because we know Denzel could be, after seeing Training Day, you know he could be a downright yeah. dirty dude. Well, that's, that's, the thing. that's the thing. Denzel's a great actor, and he can play a great bad guy. So if, if they're going to do something like that, it has to be someone like Denzel. I would personally go for Idris Elba, because I would cast Idris Elba in any role. He but just I, would be the perfect John Stewart, honestly. <laughs> he would be the right choice for Justice since League. Pacific Rim Two isn't happening. Let's let's get Idris Elba some work. Even though he has he has his show in the UK, he has Luther, which is a crime show in the UK that's very popular, and he's in that Nelson Mandela movie. I want Idris to have the big budget franchise that I was hoping Pacific Rim was going to be, but that did not pan out the way myself or. Um, What's his, the the director thought? So we have to go to Plan B. Well, he wasn't. But I'm okay with Denzel. It wasn't no. I'm okay. And I'm okay with Denzel as Lex Luthor, I guess. Now you know, the backlash though is going to be bad. I don't know. I don't think it would be that bad for Denzel. I think he's proven himself enough to where people. But I think it. you know that there's certain comic book fans. Oh yeah, I mean those, that are, there will no. definitely be some over that. No, no doubt. People will be losing their fucking mind because they think are... Uh, like Denzel will kind of calm it a little bit. Well, it's better than if it was like... If it was like Marlon Wayans, they'd be like, what? 
I was going to say Kevin Hart. So, sort of the same deal. Someone like that. You know, you have an, an Oscar-winning actor who you've seen in a hundred great movies and is always good, you know. Honestly, have Morgan Freeman. I'm okay with that, too. Have Sam Jackson. He's already got that bald fucking head. Oh, God. Could you imagine these Nick's... I would say Sam Jackson. Lex Luthor? Oh. oh, my God. Talk about... And he's, and he's in the fucking Mace Windu in the Star Wars movies. <laughs> he's everywhere. They got to get him a role in the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, God. That'd be awesome. He's perfect for the he could be those Tyrese movies. Dead. Perfect. Let's, <laughs> let's book it. Sausage. Hashtag sausage. Uh, in, in our next piece of news, like Nick alluded to earlier, Paul Blart Mall, Mall Cop Part 2 is coming. It's uh, a sequel all wanted. The sequel everyone wanted. Uh, Andy Fickman is in discussion to direct the sequel. It will star Kevin James once again. It has been written by Kevin James and a buddy of his. Um, ready to go. I never thought we'd see a sequel to Paul Blart, but it's coming, you know, and it's funny because when you pull up the numbers, the movie made over $200 million worldwide, <laughs> and it only cost $20 million to make. So uh, it was a very profitable film, and, um, you know, it, it just it's all about that money, money, money. Yeah. So why not? Why? Well, it's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I still want my Southland Tales sequel. <laughs> but that 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 money that movie made no money, so I'm done. Um, our next honest action video. This is what I was talking about. They launched this series with the Die Hard one. I told you where they show you all the injuries that really happened and everything. They did this new one with Home Alone, the original Home Alone movie. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny with how many times they die in this film. Uh, Stan Lee will make an appearance on an episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that's pretty cool. We'll see Stan Lee pop up in a more than a cameo-type role uh, on an upcoming episode. Um, there's a movie called Doom 3, and it's D-H-O-O-M. It's an Indian film. Uh, Doom 3 actually cracked the United States box office top 10 a couple weeks ago, and I remember being like, what the hell is this movie? And I looked into it and found out it's this Indian movie. Uh, well, over the past couple of days, it has actually crossed um, $83.56 million worldwide, which is 5 billion rupees in India, and it is the highest grossing Indian film of all time. So very, very interesting. Uh, so India's Doom 3, which is an action film that I actually heard some pretty good word about, uh, is the highest grossing film in Indian history. Good for them. We have the our new Everything Wrong With is Everything Wrong With Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azakaban. So that is uh, the latest. You're very, you're very close. As very close. A- Azkaban. Azkaban. Damn it. Azkaban is the the prison for the, the where they keep the bad wizards, and they have these things called called Dementors that suck the light. They keep the, you stay alive, but your basically your essence gets sucked out of you, and not in a good way. Uh, by these these birds, and it's funny because there was an episode of The Office one time where Steve Carell's character references this as if they actually exist, and they're actually like in American prisons. It was very funny. <laughs> right. How can you do everything wrong with a Harry Potter movie, though? <laughs> they've done like, they've done several of the other it's, ones. Before. It's all it's all wrong. <laughs> There's not a train station in London that can take you to fucking Hogwarts. 
All right. Uh, I'm excited about this next piece of news. NBC has uh, done a series order for Craig Robinson's new show. It's called Mr. Robinson, and they've ordered a six-episode series order uh, for later this year. So I'm super stoked on this. I love Craig Robinson. This dude is so funny. Uh, He had a cameo on the latest, newest episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he was awesome on that. So... I'm super stoked on Craig Robinson having his own TV show. Sign me up. I'm already setting the series recording on this one. He was excellent on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like when they said, uh, there was that line where they asked him, like, you know, I forget what the hell it was, but they they asked him, like, why doesn't he just go to space or something like that? And he was like, space scares me. I saw what it did to Sandy Bullock. (laughs) 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 They cracked me up so much the way he said that. It's so funny. It was uh, it was a really good episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, great episode! That shit had me in tears the entire time. Yeah. Oh, uh, Titus, calm down, buddy. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if this. We got, we got half an hour. Titus, we got half an hour to go. Calm yourself. Uh, Saturday Saturday Night Live has added its first African American female in five years. They've added um, <clears throat> new cash me- uh, cast member Shashir Zamata. She's from the Upright Citizens Brigade, um, and she'll be the first one in over five years on SNL. So, yeah, and she'll she'll be in the next episode with Drake, host and musical guest. I never fucking heard of him, but he can be host and musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Jesus, it's crazy. What is wrong with this world? By the way, she's like three years graduated from the University of Virginia. She's young. They've also uh, hired two black female writers that will be starting on the show. So there was a big backlash about that. It's been five years. The last female black cast member was Maya Rudolph, who was, who was biracial. So good for us to you know. You know, I, I don't see color when it comes to comedy or race when it comes to comedy or gender when it comes to comedy. I just want good people that are talented and are going to make me laugh. So hopefully this, this uh, new cast member is going to do that. There you go. Speaking of SNL, Jonah Hill has just been announced that he will host the January 25th episode. So I'll definitely be watching that one. Yeah, absolutely. Titus, calm down. <laughs> uh, the Queen Latifah show has been renewed for a second season. Didn't even know she had a show. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. She won that People's Choice Award for Best New Talk Show. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that, and it was just... Uh, I was like, oh, Queen Latifah has a talk show, huh? Is, what, what, what channel is it on? Uh, CBS. Oh, it's on, like, a, a network. <laughs> yeah. It's not on, like, Lifetime or something. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's off the Let's see. We have uh, the trailer for the movie Nurse 3D. New erotic thriller. Looks I was going to say, is that a porn movie? Pretty sexy. Looks <laughs> um, pretty, looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's like a horror type movie. Um, Ice Cube says that Friday Part Four is stuck in development hell over at New Line Cinemas. We thought this movie. I thought this movie was already filmed and in the can, and I just found out from this article that they haven't even started doing this movie yet, and that New Line Cinema is basically kind of jacking them around and saying, oh, we want to work on budget, we need to work more on script, and just everything else. So 
it's kind of annoying. Uh, you know, this is the one where Chris Tucker was supposed to come back and Mike Epps was coming back and Zeus and everybody was going to be a part of uh, Friday 4. This was going to be the last one. They kind of just wanted to do a big reunion of everybody to close out the series strong. And they don't know when the hell they're going to do it now because of uh, the studio kind of slacking well, on it. So They better hurry. John Weatherspoon may not, lo- may not live. He dies Remember? in months, so. <laughs> And Zeus is in jail, or he was in jail, for that fucking uh, real estate scam he was involved in. So this is what's fucking happening. While they twiddle their thumbs in Hollywood, John Weatherspoon's about to die, and Zeus is in prison. (laughs) That's what happens. Uh, We have a trailer for another new Samuel Jackson movie called Kite that's coming out. Um, This trailer's pretty trippy. It's kind of insane. I I think it's based on an anime uh, so it has that anime feel to it, and it's kind of just all over the place. So, um, Kite, the trailer for that, is on the page. Uh, Kesha has checked into rehab for an eating disorder. Hmm. That's what they're calling it. <laughs> I don't know if I believe it, but uh, yes. <laughs> so, Well, she's fucking... I, I, I watched whenever they would show parts of her reality show on Best Week Ever. That was enough for me. She's fucking mental. Her family is fucking mental. I hope she gets the help she needs, because she definitely needs help. Yeah, for sure. All right, we do have a latest update on Fast 7 and what's going on with Paul Walker. We've been keeping you guys up to speed with everything that's been going on with this, and uh, they have combed through all the footage, they have figured it out, and basically the studio says they will use the footage that Paul Walker has already shot, and that they have decided that they will retire his character in some form or fashion. They have specified that they will not kill him off in the film, and that they will just kind of send him off in a respectful type way. So, um, it's nice to have a solid announcement on what's going on with Paul Walker's character. We've been wondering since his death, how is this going to play in? There was rumors that they were going to scrap everything they filmed and start all over again. There were some rumors they were going to recast. There was the whole thing about using his brother to fill in some scenes. I mean, there's been stuff all over the place on this. And it's good to know that they basically they're going to tweak the script. They're going to rewrite some of the script to kind of uh, meld the footage that they have together to kind of make sense. Uh, and then they're going to retire his character. So... Uh, I'm torn on this. I mean, I'm glad that they're keeping this footage, first and foremost. I mean, that's the most important thing, is that his footage will be used. Because I think if they would have scrapped and started all over again, it would have been a joke. Uh, They needed to show the footage that he did. And I'm very, very happy that they're going to. So that I'm stoked on. I know they wanted to stay away with killing him, but I still honestly feel that retiring his character or sending him off with the wife and kid and stuff is not what his character would do in the Fast and Furious franchise. After six movies, I've come to know Brian O'Connor and know that his character would never walk away when his family, so to speak, needed him. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how and what happens that will really make him realize, like, okay, we gotta go away and, like, get away from all of this stuff. Um, so... You know, I understand the studio kind of being put in this rock in a hard place and trying to be respectful and careful to his character. But I honestly feel if they would have asked Paul Walker, like, hey, just in case something happens to you, what would you prefer we do with your character? I feel Paul Walker would be like, kill me off. Like, do what's best for the storyline. Um, you know, so I will buy it and I will, you know, follow along and accept it based on the circumstances that this has been built around. I just, you know. 
I just feel this should have been a different way. Like I said, an off-camera kind of, you know, death scene where we just hear about it and you make the movie more personal for the revenge of his character so then we can move on to the parts 8, 9, 10 and whatever else we want to do. Uh, retiring this character seems odd to me just because then it leaves that open to where every movie you're kind of like, will his character ever pop back up? You know, and then it leads them to kind of get, you know, if they want to, later down the road be sneaky about it and try to recast his character or something. They just leave too many doors open, I feel, with kind of retiring his character. If they would have killed him off, it would have just been final, done, move on. Um, But I'm very, very happy above anything else that they have figured out a way to utilize all the footage that they've done on Paul Walker. So what do you think about this direction for Fast 7? I I can understand where they're coming from, but... I also think they run the risk of what you're talking about, that there's not closure, that there's not finality, and that you're not going to get the kind of catharsis that I think both the fan base and the actors and everyone involved in this movie really wanted. But that being said, I'm hopeful that they'll do this in a way that makes sense and that does give us that closure and does give us the kind of catharsis that we're looking for. So I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach, and hopefully they've come up with something that is going to work. All right, and that'll be out once again April of 2015. Uh, Bubba Fett looks to be the first standalone Star Wars film. This has not been confirmed by Disney yet, uh, but all the sources backstage and stuff say this is the direction they're heading and that the Boba Fett movie will be the first standalone film that will come out in 2016. So, that'll be yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is it going to be Boba Fett or Yoda? You know. Well, the young Han Solo is the other script that they're writing. So it was um, uh, Nobody cares about <laughs> I want a Lando Calrissian movie starring Dwayne Johnson. How about that? Let me pitch that one. Welcome to Cloud City. That's right. All right, we got the first trailer for the Veronica Mars movie, so you can check that out on the Facebook page. Did you give any money to that on Kickstarter? No, I was not a fan I, of the... <laughs> Veronica. I did not. I do love Kristen Bell, but I am not a Veronica Mars person. Yeah, I was not. <clears throat> we got another What's the Damage uh, video. This time it's for the movie Christmas Vacation. So you can check that out on the Facebook page. Um, we have the first official release picture uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the first official image of the team. It's kind of like they're in jail and they're doing this lineup. And you've got Zoe Zaldana and Chris Pratt and Rocket Raccoon and Batista and Groot, uh, who will be voiced by Vin Diesel. Of course, Rocket Raccoon will be voiced by Bradley Cooper. Uh, this was a really cool picture that kind of came out. doesn't give away too much, but you kind of get to finally see the team all put together. And uh, I know you found this picture pretty interesting. So what did you think about this first release? Yeah, it's very interesting. And... You know, we're all familiar with, well, we are, you and I are familiar with everyone because we know Batista, but, you know, of the of the people, obviously Batista is going to be the most least known person because he doesn't have a slew of big movies or hit TV shows or anything. So he's in a really unique role and, and he may have the opportunity to sort of be the breakout person in the Guardians. So it was a really funny photo of them in a sort of police lineup, and it's still a movie I'm really looking forward to. It better be good. Poor Karen Gillan's hair has still not recovered. So I hope it was worth it for her to shave her fucking head. <laughs> by, the, by the way, since we've been gone, we did have the regeneration of the Doctor. Very important. Um, they did the 
50th anniversary of Doctor Who in November, and then they did the Christmas special for Doctor Who, which was Matt Smith's last episode, and he regenerated into Peter Capaldi. I thought the episode itself was uh, blah. I mean, it was just sort of like, we're all waiting for what's going to happen. We're all waiting for the regeneration. The story itself was meh. Uh, but the regeneration was cool, and, and Doctor Who will return in the autumn. And, and it got really big uh, ratings, so I don't think Doctor Who's going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. Uh, oh, and also, there was this idea that the Doctor only had so many lives, so many regenerations, he could only, tur- he could only change his appearance so many times. Well, they sort of fixed that in, in the story, so... Everything is fine. He can go on for another 50 years if he wants. Oh, nice. Hey, but with that con- kind of concept, it's easy to keep it going. Just keep regenerating them every time somebody's contracts. Well, that's the thing is, like, he's supposed to have uh, 13, he's only supposed to have 13 lives, 12 regenerations. But in the story, the Time Lords, who are his people, kind of come back and give him 13 more lives. So, that, <laughs> so he's been renewed. <laughs> basic, basically, yeah. Um, so... Congratulations to Doctor the Doctor. He's getting more more lives. All right. Well, in some sad news, we said goodbye to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's Uncle Phil, uh, Mr. James Avery, died at the age of sixty-five back on January first. So uh, definitely rest in peace to Uncle Phil. I was a big, big fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I loved Uncle Phil. So uh, it was kind of sad news to wake up and find out that he had passed. Nick had actually sent me that message um, that morning when I woke up, and <clears throat> you know it was it was the new year. It was January first, and was like, man, our first casualty already of 2014 was Uncle Phil. So rest in peace. Loved Philip Banks. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's see here. We got everything wrong with gremlins in eight minutes. So very, very cool little video. Well, the gremlins don't fucking exist. (laughs) So that's the main problem that's wrong with the movie gremlins. (laughs) Uh, We got the new trailer for The Raid 2. So you can check that trailer up on there. Um, Fox is running the rumor mill saying that they're planning a Fantastic Four versus X-Men movie. Now, we know we've been talking about a shared universe for the Fantastic Four and X-Men franchises uh, for a while now, that that's the direction they want to go into. Uh, But they're saying now that they might actually be doing a versus-type film right off the bat first to kind of link the two franchises together before they do something uh, as them working side-by-side. So, you know, uh, I was reading a pretty interesting article about a week ago that said, like, it's no longer about franchises that now the new thing is shared universes that all these movie studios ever since Avengers now are trying to find ways to link all their movies together and you know the way Marvel's doing it then DC is trying to do it and then Universal Pictures is going to try to do it with their monster movies like they're going to do the mummy reboot and then they want to kind of link in like Frankenstein and Swamp Thing and like all this other stuff like Dracula like all together like they exist in the same universe it's all about shared universes now so it's kind of an interesting take uh, on the studio game it's funny because that's used to way that's the way it used to be like in the 40s and 50s you'd have like you know the mo- the mummy versus frankenstein and godzilla versus uh, tarantula or whatever and so this is sort of like come full circle here and they're doing this the thing all over again yeah um Justin Bieber <laughs> announced his retirement on Twitter. Uh, I thought this was pretty funny, and I still feel like he's kind of trolling the internet. This happened right on Christmas Day. Um, 
what can you say? He's saying he's retiring. He's saying he'll always be around for his fans, but he's done making music uh, just because he's tired of being in the press and, and all the negative light on him. So we'll see what happens. I feel this is just a big, gigantic marketing ploy. Of course. And he just got caught throwing eggs at his neighbor's house. <laughs> so good for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, we got everything wrong with Die Hard in seven minutes or less. So you can check that out. We also got the Honest trailer for Dragon Ball Evolution, <laughs> which is actually really, really funny because um, that movie sucks so bad. Uh, we do have the trailer for Draft Day, the movie we were talking about earlier with Kevin Costner that Nick's looking forward to. We've got the full trailer on there for that. Got the new full trailer for Transcendence which uh, with uh, Johnny Depp. That looks really, really awesome. Uh, Fantastic Four, or Fantastic Four, <laughs> Fast and Furious 7. It comes out April 10th, 2015. Uh, that was actually announced um, right after we actually finished our last episode. Um, we got a big up article up on there about all the bo- box office bombs of 2013, like The Lone Ranger and After Earth and R.A.P.D. So, lots going on there. Um, and then, let's see here. We got one little more little article here I wanted to get into uh, about the surprises uh, of the box office of 2013. Some surprise movies that kind of fell under the radar a little bit. Um, Mama is one of them. Uh, Mama was made for $15 million and it brought in $145 million. Olympus Has Fallen is another one. I loved Olympus Has Fallen. They made that movie for $70 million and it brought in 160 million. Spring Breakers which was made for a tiny little $2 million budget. It only made $31 million in the box office, which seems kind of shitty, but when you made for $2 million, Spring Breakers brought in a nice little profit. 42, the uh, Jackie Robinson biopic film, they made that for $40 million, and it grossed $95 million. Now You See Me, Now You See Me was made for $75 mil, brought in more than 350 worldwide. The Purge, the Purge was made for $3 million, and it grossed $90 million, so a big chunk of change there for The Purge. The Conjuring yes. the Conjuring's another one that was made for $20 million, and it brought $315 million worldwide. I don't even remember that movie. It was the one that came out over the summer that was based on a true story. Was there anybody in it that I would know? Uh, Patrick Wilson. Um, Drake? Not Drake. <laughs> Pharrell, uh, Two Fia, Chains. Via Fia, Fia Vergama or whatever. She, oh, she's okay. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. This is the end. I believe, I believe you. <laughs> this is the end is another one. Uh, they made that for $32 million and it grossed over one hundred and twenty-five. Uh, Kevin Hart's Let Me Explain. It was a documentary film that he did. They made that for... Um, Oh, they didn't even say what it was made for, but it made over $30 million, and obviously it was just a documentary, so that didn't take very much. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't have cost more than a couple million. Yeah. Uh, World War Z grossed more than $540 million worldwide. It was Brad Pitt's biggest box office movie to date. Um, Where the Millers made for a little $37 million, and it brought in $269 million worldwide. Uh, Instructions Not Included, this is that um, Spanish-language film that came out and did really big here in the U.S. Uh, This movie was made for only a couple million dollars, and it made more than $85 million worldwide. Gravity, Gravity um, was a $100 million film, but it brought in over $640 million worldwide. Uh, Lee Daniels' The Butler uh, is another one that was made for $30 million. It brought in $160 million. 
Prisoners, of course, starring uh, Hugh Jackman, Love Prisoners. They made that f- for forty-six million. It brought in one hundred and fifteen. Captain Phillips uh, was made for fifty million, and it brought in over two hundred million um, there. So those are so some box office surprises of twenty thirteen that really just brought in a lot of uh, profitability for the movie studios. Good for them. And let's kick on over to our releases of the week on DVD and Blu-ray this Tuesday. You got Riddick, The Butler, Carrie, Fruitvale Station, You're Next, The Spectacular Now, and Enough Said. So big handful of movies all coming out on Tuesday. I will definitely be picking up Riddick. Uh, Loved, loved, loved Riddick. So I'm glad that's coming out in an unrated director's cut. Looking forward to seeing that. In theaters on Friday, you got Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, which I'm really looking forward to. Ride Along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. Uh, The Nut Job and Reasonable Doubt. So um, really looking forward to Ride Along and Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Jack Ryan was supposed to actually come out in Christmas time, but the studio ended up pushing it back because it was so damn crowded. And they wanted to make room because it's the same studio that did uh, Wolf of Wall Street, so they wanted to make room for Wolf of Wall Street. So smart. What's movie. Reasonable Doubt? Reasonable Doubt's a new movie with Samuel Jackson where he's like framed for this murder and stuff. I didn't even think it was getting a wide release, but it's listed as a, as a wide release movie for this I don't. I haven't seen a TV spot. Yeah, there has not been any marketing for this film. I saw the trailer, but then I've never seen a TV spot. I've never even heard. That's why I thought it was going to be like a straight-to-video or just more of a little independent-type release, but they're saying it's getting a wide release, which I I hate when they do stuff like this to this movie because then they'll bitch and they'll say, like, oh, this movie bombed so bad, and it'll be like no one's (laughs) coming out. So I don't get it. Uh, Yeah, Jack Jack Ryan, though, has gotten plenty of... uh... (laughs) Any of advertising. What's your thoughts on Jack Ryan? I mean, are you? I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks really good. I mean, I I grew up on the Tom Clancy books, and obviously they're taking the Jack Ryan character in a totally different direction. But that being said, I'm okay with it. I like the cast. I like the story. I think it's really interesting. And you know, it's tough nowadays to make a movie like this because you're going to be compared to the Bourne movies or James Bond or you know one of these other things i'm hopeful that they can put their own sort of spin on it and it and it works out good i'm hopeful because mostly because of the people involved uh you know chris pine i love that kenneth braun is the bad guy i like kevin costner's involved so i'm forward to it yeah i'm really looking forward to to this movie yeah, Kevin Costner making is making a nice comeback. Like he seemed to like disappear there for a while, and then he did Man of Steel, and now he's in Jack Ryan, and he's going to do that Draft Day movie, and uh, he's got that other um, one, uh, Three Days to Kill or whatever. We saw the trailer for that one on. Like, yeah, he's like, he's like all over the place now again. So good, yeah, good, good for Kevin Costner. For him. Yeah. So looking very, very forward to both Jack Ryan and Ride Along coming out next week. So once again, a ton of movies to try to catch up on uh, to bring you some reviews. Um, going to run down the music charts here real fast, and we'll do the box office charts, and then we'll make our announcement. So um, over on the singles, coming in number 10, uh, oh, sorry, albums, number 10 is Night Visions by Imagine Dragons. Number 9 is Now 48. Number 8 is Native by One Republic. Number 7 is Crash My Party by Luke Bryan. Number 6 is One Direction with Midnight Memories. 
Pages. Number five is Pure Heroin by Lord. Number four is Prism by Katy Perry. Number three is The Marshall Mathers LP. Number two by Eminem. Number two is Beyonce with Beyonce. And number one is the Frozen soundtrack. So congratulations to Frozen. Killing it on the box office and on the music charts. Over well, on this- Frozen making, yeah, Frozen making movie in the movies and the music. Yeah, they're killing it, man. Um, Coming in over in the singles, number 10 is Imagine Dragons with Demons. Number 9 is Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Number 8 is Wake Me Up by Avicii. Number 7 is Let Her Go by Passenger. Number 6 is Dark Horse by Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. Number 5 is Say Something by Great Big World and Christina Aguilera. Number 4 is Royals by Lord. Number 3 is The Monster by Eminem featuring Rihanna. Number 2 is Counting Stars by One Republic. And your number 1 song in America is Timber by... Mr. 305, Pitbull, featuring Kesha. Oh, God. What a team (laughs) that is. Kesha and Pitbull? Mr. 305. So, we'll kick it now to our top box office charts for the weekend. This just was released today uh, with your past three days at the box office. Coming in at number 10, it's the Joaquin Phoenix movie, Her. Uh, it became released in wide release this weekend. It came in at number 10 with $5.4 million. Uh, This movie here, I was telling Nick the other day, I think it looks so bad. And it was laughable to me, the trailer for this film, but I'm kind of starting to get interested because the word of mouth is so amazing on it. This has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, They're talking about Oscars. They're talking about all this stuff about how good this movie is. And it sucks because I really want to hate it and I don't want to watch it. But (laughs) whenever I hear such positive word of mouth, it really has me intrigued now. So her coming in number 10 with 5.4 million. Number nine is the Anchorman 2. The legend continues with 6.1 million. Number eight is Paranormal activity the marked ones was 6.3 million number seven saving mr banks was 6.6 million number six is august osage county was 7.3 million number five is the hobbit the desolation of smaug with 8 million uh number four is a tie actually it's a tie between american hustle and the legend of hercules yes um the legend of hercules it's a tie at number four both movies made 8.6 million number three is the wolf of wall street with nine million number two is frozen with 15 million and your number one film we talked about it earlier uh i gave it four out of five stars i'm talking about lone survivor sorry mark Wahlberg. uh lone survivor brought in a massive 38.5 million dollars the second biggest debut in the month of january falling only behind cloverfield uh, Cloverfield made $40 million in its opening weekend when that was released several years ago. So Lone Survivor, the second biggest release in January history, bringing in 38.5. The studio's estimates had it between 17 to $25 million, and it, oh, it crushed all expectations, bringing in 38.5, and a great word of mouth uh, coming out for Lone Survivor. So very big opening weekend there. And that's your box office. And that brings you... Up to speed, my friends, with all the latest and greatest in entertainment news of the weeks. By the way, that reasonable doubt movie also stars uh, Dominic Cooper. Yeah, he's like the one uh, that's like I think going after Samuel Jackson. Yeah, it seems a little. I read the synopsis on Wikipedia. Uh, they should have just sent it right to DVD with Empire State. Yeah, it seems like a straight. <coughs> when I watched the trailer, that's the vibe I got from it that it would be yeah. straight to video movies. So. Feels like a. Like, just reading the premise, it's like a straight-to-DVD or, like, Lifetime TV movie. <laughs> It'll probably anyway. be one of those ones that, like, when I look on my DVR and I go on my cable box and I select a category same day as theaters, 
that I'll be able to rent it like Friday, like yeah. at home for like 10 bucks. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like that's the kind of movie it'll be. Yeah. I ended up watching, uh, like I, I was trying, Traveling and stand-up guys came out. That's the Al Pacino, Christopher Walken movie. Okay. I ended up watching. It. Yeah, well, I watched it. I already watched it in my hotel room, and I've watched it a couple times. Tell me you watched it on Netflix since then. But I was yeah, it was one of the new ones they just had. Uh, it's not bad. It's not, it's, not a t- it's not a great movie, but it's not bad. Huh. I'm hesitant. It's fine. I might watch it. Uh, it has. It has its moments. Um, it might be a little slow for you though. Just FYI. Oh. Don't like slow movies. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm I'm giving you the warning. Thanks. Because I know you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Uh, okay. Well, we sort of wanted to discuss, before we ended the show tonight, uh, the future of Am I on the Year? And I don't want to be overly dramatic about this or anything. Uh, we started... Am I on the air? As some of you may remember, uh, as sort of the phoenix that came out of the ashes of what used to be called Fat Man After Dark. For those of you who are familiar, Fat Man After Dark was the show that I had done on uh, regular radio, terrestrial radio. I had done it, uh, and then it eventually I ended up doing it, I think it was in 2000. And uh, ten, I was doing it with a good friend of mine. His wife was my producer, and we were doing it Friday nights and having a good time doing it. And, and on Twitter and doing stuff. And luckily, we were able to meet Don and some other folks. And so, Fat Man After Dark sort of went away at some point. I think it was in 2011, the summer of 2011. I want to say and. From that, we decided that we still wanted to do some kind of show, sort of the way Fat Man After Dark was, but specific to the entertainment world, Don and I being big fans of, of music, movies, and television. And from that, we always had these connection troubles on Blog Talk Radio and on Skype, and so one of the catchphrases on Future Endeavors used to be, am I on the air? Am I on the air? And from that, we were able to come up with the idea of doing this show called Am I on the Air? And we've been going strong now for two and a half years, I guess. And it's been uh, great, and we've had a wonderful time, and everything has been wonderful. We're able to interact with a lot of people about their own tastes in movies and music and entertainment. Uh, However, unfortunately, going forward, the show is going to be slightly different. Uh, Life is hard. Everyone's life is difficult, and we have to prioritize. We have to make decisions on the things that we can do and the things that we have to do. And unfortunately, because of my added responsibilities at work and added responsibilities at home, uh, because my, my parents are not in as great of health as they once were, and I'm taking on additional responsibilities with them, taking care of things on their behalf, um, it's unfortunate that I just don't have the, the time or the ability to commit to the show at present. So moving forward, uh, after January, uh, Don will be doing the show, and I don't know what Don's plans are. Uh, uh, it'll be all him. He is welcome to do anything he wants. I have no ownership of the show or anything. 
so I will be doing a few more shows in January. I'll also pop in occasionally. We might do an Oscar show. We might do a summer movie review show. Maybe do something at the end of the, the summer. I'll, I'll continually pass along my my movie thoughts to Don to, to do whatever he wants with. Uh, but I will not be part of the week-to-week program starting in February. So we'll have a few more episodes left. And then I will be cutting back and letting Don run f- free and fly like a peacock. <laughs> you gotta let me fly. Uh, also, we will be ending Matzo Balls and Strikes soon. That's right. We, we will be ending Matzo Balls and Strikes. We may come back for football season and just make it a football-type show. Uh, but Matzo Balls and Strikes itself uh, is going to be retired. <coughs> so... There's a lot of changes, but that's part of life, and uh, everything is okay. I will still do future endeavors, but for the time being, uh, after the next few Am I on the Ears, I will only be doing future endeavors. So, Don, uh, the keys to the house are yours. Well, thank you, sir. Um, Yeah, big, big announcement there. you know, this goes back, like Nick said, many, many years. I mean, we've been doing future endeavors since 2010, and it was about a uh, almost a year into doing future endeavors that Nick decided he wanted to bring back his Fat Man After Dark show. And, you know, we did, and we brought it back together, um, where basically Nick ran the show, and I was kind of, uh, you know, think about it like a morning radio show. I was kind of a little sidekick, <laughs> you know, kind of helping chime in here and there and run the boards, and, and you know, and it was fun. It, it was a different type of show, and if, you know, you ever want to listen to those earlier Fat Man After Dark shows, you could um, look at our Blog Talk Radio feed, and those first, like, ten episodes are all Fat Man After Dark, and then you'll see where it kind of changes over. Um, and then Nick decided, you know, he didn't want to do that character anymore. He didn't want to, you know, run with that same kind of thing. And, and we freshened it up and we became Am I on the Air with Nick and Don. And, and it's been, you know, that now for almost three years. And weekly we brought you all the latest and greatest in entertainment news and reviews. And it's been a, a joy to do. And I love doing it, and you know, it's uh, it won't be the same. And I'm very sad that you know Nick Nick has to step away. Uh, but like you said, I mean, life is is hard, and you know, I'm I understand that because I have a newborn baby, and it's it's difficult to try to continue to do these shows as well. Um, you know, the one thing I will say for doing it by myself is it will just allow me that freedom to record maybe on a Saturday night at two in the morning when everybody's sleeping or something like that and kind of just have a little bit more freedom for recording around my own schedule. Um, but I love doing the show and I, I want to continue doing it because I know people enjoy listening and they enjoy hearing, you know, thoughts, um, It'll be hard. It'll be a lot different just because I don't have somebody to bounce off a lot of ideas off of. Um, But who knows? Maybe we can try to do something different and open a phone line or or involve email submissions or something. I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. You can always uh, tweet us at Am I on the Air and uh, have any thoughts that you guys want to do. I'm open to it. Um, The biggest goal is I just want to keep you all up-to-date in the latest of entertainment news and castings and trailers and the whole nine. And, um, 
you know, I want to keep Nick involved as much as he can. So like you said, he will be back, you know, for maybe Oscars and for our summer movie countdown. And we'll do our favorite, most anticipated films. And then maybe when the summer's over, we'll calm down, you know, how we thought everything panned out. Uh, There's a lot of special things that we can do. And it'll be a very cool, you know, and and fun time to have Nick back on the show. Um, I've loved doing the show with him for years. And I'm glad he's going to stick around for future endeavors, our award-winning wrestling and MMA show. And um, so, you know, nothing's changing between us. We're still friends for life. And he'll still be involved in my day-to-day life. Uh, It's just, I understand. It's just, it's hard to commit to a show like this. People don't understand how much it is to try to do something like this on a weekly basis. Not just one, not just two, but three shows. So it does take its toll, and it's just time that we kind of, you know, reprioritize. So we'll figure it out, and we'll get there. But Am I on the Air will continue. Um, It'll just be with Don. (laughs) So I hope you all will stick with me along for the ride. And, um... I promise we'll have surprises here and there, and uh, the door is always open for Nick to pop his head in anytime he wishes. Well, we'll see. I'm sure I'll be around. We'll still interact on a daily basis, so I will pop my head in every so often, and I'm not leaving to go to another show. I'm not looking to do another show. I'm looking to do less, unfortunately. Uh, just there's too much going on right now, so you know Don's got a lot going on. This will make it a lot easier on him, so he doesn't have to worry about my schedule, and it'll be a lot easier for me with all the extra responsibilities that I'll be taking on. So future endeavors will be more than enough. But I will be around for the next couple weeks, um, so I have at least a couple more shows in me, uh, and then we'll go from there. So on that note. Thank you very much for listening. It was great to be back and go over all the, the news and highlights of the last few weeks. Uh, you, If you're not already, you should have liked us on Facebook at Am I On The Air with Nick and Don. That is where you have all of the articles, all of the trailers, all of the videos that we've talked about, the box office, music releases. Everything is on the Facebook page. Uh, f- follow us on Twitter at Am I On The Air. Follow Don at DX Don Mega. Follow myself at Nick Gator and follow Red Dragons Radio for all of the shows in our network uh, we will be back soon uh, I don't know exactly when because of the MLK weekend but we will be back soon with more movie reviews and more entertainment news this has been Am I on the Air <laughs>